Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. This is your host, Ken Lane, focused on the outside the landscapes of northern Arizona. We're quite different here. The water is different. The soil is different. The wind is different. The dryness is different. Uh, Everything about northern Arizona is different. I'd say all of Arizona, but we're only worried about the four-season climates. As you come up out of Black Canyon City and you come up into God's country, make that elevation on I-17 and come up and erupt and you just see all the peaks and the mountaintops. That's what we're talking about, whether it's the White Mountains to Kingman to Flagstaff to, to uh, 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 Cottonwood. We're all similar. We're in this thing together. Yes, we have different zones, but pretty much we're dealing with a four-season climate where it gets substantially colder than just 32 degrees. We're getting down, I think at my house, I've been down to 11 degrees. And I know the higher, I'm at 5,700 feet, so I know you above, you folks up in that six, 7,000 foot level, you're, you're in the single digit zero. Uh, and it's been a good snow year. That's yeah, great for the wildflowers. It's actually great for the wild weeds as well. So that's one thing to watch. As soon as we get the thaw, as soon as this, this snow kind of melts off, the last of it, I predict you're going to see daffodils erupting from from their bulbs light state. They've been sleeping in the ground in a bulb form, and that root is going to come up and start start to grow. Iris will grow. Crocus will start to bloom in February. So things are going to start to activate. Already we've got at the garden center some winter-blooming heath. We have winter-blooming camellias, of all things, an evergreen camellia that will actually grow at the high elevation. Loves the cold. Californians, I I had a, a corporate stint in northern california for a number of years and i loved growing my camellias these were tropical or or they're not hardy enough to grow here in 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 the high country of of arizona but boy did they grow really well in Folsom and roseville and in the sacramento uh high upper valley area they grew exceptional and i fell in love with them so when i found this grower that had camellias that would grow up here in the high elevations. I'm going, I'm all over it. I'll take every one in the greenhouse. I want them all right here. And they have done, performed exceptionally for me. And so they can do well for you. They just need a little bit of shade, but they don't need any protection from the cold. They'll go down to, I think, minus 20 degrees, some crazy cold. And sure enough, they're budding up and they're starting to bloom now. So things are the leading edge, just starting to see that spring might be around the corner. It's very exciting. From a gardener, we've been pent up too long, haven't we? We've been indoors, been worried about slipping on ice, just getting that last bit of snow out of here on that north side of the house. It's not been nice for the last few weeks. So it's finally nice to be out and enjoying uh, the weather, being out to hike, bike, taking the, the ATVs and the, the razor out and just going out and seeing the backcountry that's what northern Arizona is really famous for. So even in mid-January, it's, it's cold, but it's still nice. Usually it's bright days. 
used to be real chilly nights. And so it's, it's nice to live here. So it's the mildest four-season climate you can have really in the country. And so you've got skiing right there in Flagstaff. Love it. We've got the White Mountains. You guys have an awesome hill that's just great for skiing. Yet I can still head down to Scottsdale, hit, hit the golf course, and then go swimming. And everything in between, all within a couple hours of each other. Is that is it wonderful living here in Arizona or what? So that that's Arizona. What we're finding now, though, is you, you've got to start preparing for the spring season. There's some things you need to get done to, or, or spring will start and be ahead of you, and you'll be playing catch-up from this point forward. And it's all really going to start with the seed and the soils and the weeds, the weed seeds and the soils. So you get your soils ready for the gardens. You do want to have your soils prepared ahead of time so that they have time to neutralize. So the manures that you put in there, the, the fertilizers, the organics that you put into your soils to to front load them with all these nutrients, you want to do that right now so that when you're done turning the soil, so I've put all my gypsum down, I've put my my sulfur and, and fertilizers down, I put a two-inch layer of compost and manures down, I've turned it twice, I'm ready to plant. I'll let it rest for a cup, two, three weeks before I start plugging plants. And yes, you can start putting out there Winter kale, lettuce, spinach, broccoli, cauliflower, flowers like pansies, Johnny Jump Ups, violas, Dusty Miller, Snapdragons, and it goes on. The herbs, you can put uh, organic uh, um, oregano, parsley. A lot of these are, are they like this weather. If we get some more snow, they like that. They taste better. They bloom stronger, longer with the cold. So there's some things you can start, but you need to have your soil ready beforehand. If you simply mix all that soil up now, get you front loaded with this nitrogen and all these organics and it's it's what we call hot. It's got too much nitrogen. You put your seedling in and the roots, it's too hot. There's too much food there. It's like feeding a, a baby, you know, steak and potatoes. It's just too much for them. They can't do it. And so you want that soil to kind of neutralize and rest for a couple of weeks. That's one thing you need to get done. When I'm preparing my, my raised beds, usually I'll take my container gardens. I've got large containers. And if there's some old roots left over from last winter, last fall, the last year's gardens, I'll try to always add some freshness to my containers, some fresh potting soil. So I'm looking to dig all those old roots out. Well, I'll take those old roots and I'll throw them over to my raised beds or just out, out in the garden. I'll turn that organics. Yes, there's some old roots and things, but a bigger space doesn't matter so much. In a very confined, tight space, like a container garden or very small raised bed, you need to add some freshness, some fresh soil to that garden just to add uh, some, some fertilizer, that's not enough. As those old roots break down and decompose, they poison or taint the soil and prevent roots from growing into it. It's a natural way of plants. And so if you know that, just dig some of that out. And I'm looking to add a, a bag or two of, of some good, rich potting soil, new potting soil. If you do that, really changes the game on those pots. 
really makes them grow fast. Whether it's a tomato or a new mum or, or uh, I've got some new bleeding heart uh, perennials, uh, the, the peonies are starting to show up. Things are starting to show up. It's going to help them to root out and do better. Those are things you need to get done. The other one, weeds. I predict weeds are going to be bad. We've had a lot of moisture, so weeds are going to come after you. Uh, so, so dandelions are already up. The foxtail, as soon as this, as soon as the snow starts to thaw, the, there's a there's a nasty grass. It looks so innocent. It looks beautiful. It looks like you're in Ireland and it's the rolling hills of green. And then it starts to dry about April. And then it puts on this burr, that little seed head that, that wants to spike through your socks and go through your ankle and come out the other side. The dogs will get it up their nose. They'll get it in their eyes. The cats will get it in their paws and then try to gnaw it out. I mean, it's just, it's very, it's a nasty, nasty weed. That weed only comes back by seed. It's an annual it only reseeds itself, never comes back from the roots. So if you know that's how that nasty early winter, early spring, late winter weed uh, uh, germinates, you can put a weed and grass preventer down to eliminate that weed from coming up to keep any other dandelions from blowing their seed and coming up, from keeping those early spring seed or weeds from coming coming up. And that's all about weed and grass preventer. So we have a... It's a granular. We sell it in a bag. One bag it costs like 20, 25 bucks, but it goes like 5,000 square feet. It goes over most of the front yard or backyard. You spread this like fertilizer and pray for more snow, pray for more rain. It carries this preventer down and it keeps the seed from germinating and putting its taproot into your rock lawn, into your raised beds. It doesn't affect the roses, the trees, the shrubs. It doesn't affect anything already growing. It only keeps the seed from coming up really will reduce the amount of work you need to do out in the yard, but you need to get it on early because it doesn't affect plants. It only affects seed. Be right back. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants of February are Peony, Calgary Carpet Juniper, Lily of the Valley, and Pinion Pines. Pinion Pine have thick evergreen needles providing year-round beauty and summer shade. It's a local native that blend equally well in a modern or Mediterranean-style landscape. Go ahead, enjoy the buttery-rich pine nuts from your own backyard. You'll have plenty of nuts, and pine, our deer, and javelina, proof. Shop the most trees in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Let's talk poop. Hey, I'm Tommy at Waters Garden Center. Ken and Lisa are out right now, so I snuck in to remind you that it's time to add some manure to your garden. It's been a wet winter, and your soil is, well, pooped. Waters Barnyard Manure adds nutrients to get your garden growing. It's organic and orderless, so we really can say our poop don't stink. Buy six bags or more. They're only $5.99. Now that's a load of crap. Tommy, what's going on? Oh, poop, gotta go. Natural, safe, odorless, and organic at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, so Ken and Lisa Waters Lane... We come each week with this segment just to go over the Q&A, the questions. What, what are other gardeners talking about? 
And there's something to be learned. You know, I, had, I was teaching a garden class last week. It was on how to prepare dirt, mm. like the simplest of, of, <laughs> of garden topics, but the most complicated because mm-hmm. it's the, the, the soil is everything. Right. If you get that right, you can stumble your way into success. Ask any Midwest gardener. You don't have to be a gardener. You have to be, a, you have to be able to, to chuck your hat out in the <laughs> garden and watch it grow because the soil is so ripe for, for so vigorous, so easy. We saw that in Northern California. You just try and it, it goes here. You can have that same experience, but it's got to be, you got to get the soil right. And so that we had, when the class was done there, were, I was mobbed by like 15 people wanting to know more of the question. They were really into it. That's and good. some folks just hovered around the edges just to listen Mm-hmm. to the to the conversation. They didn't have a question. They just wanted to learn from sure. other folks. That's a great way to learn. And that's what we want mm-hmm. for this segment. So right. welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. you know, frequently I hear people say, I thought I was a gardener until I yeah. moved here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, well, you're still a gardener. You just have to learn a little bit a little different, different techniques. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Tips and tricks that kind of work mm-hmm. here. And it's the sun, it's the alkalinity. There are certain things, the altitude, the wind, wind yeah. the seasonality of it all. Mm-hmm. And the extremes. Right now right. we're getting to the extremes. Yeah. Things are starting to grow, but it's only the things that like extreme growth. Like we, I was looking in the back of the nursery. There's a, there's a, a honeysuckle blooming. I mean, come <laughs> on. That's ridiculous. But it's just happy in it. the sun. It's yeah. right there. Yeah. All right. So we do have some questions kind of relate to that. So Richard in Prescott was pruning his maple tree and noticed that it was really sappy, like almost like water pouring out of the tree sapping. Wants to know, uh, should he be concerned about that? Should he use prune seal or just let it do its thing? So there's a couple things. Now, the book would say when you make a cut, seal it with that black uh, pruning paint. There's a tar. There's a special kind of paint you put on there. We've got it in spray form. Where there's one with a can that's got a brush on it. Um, I I kind of take the middle ground. So so some folks say you have to do it with every cut. Others say, oh no, it seals in the disease. I don't know. There's all this debate going on. Really, what I what I personally have found works. Mm-hmm. I did a whole bunch of pruning this week. I did not seal one of them, including maples. I noticed that with the boxwoods too. They were the grapes. They were oh. they were bleeding out like that. Uh-huh. I didn't seal them because the, there's no bugs right, right now. There's no disease. There's no pestilence roaming around. Not very much. And so I'm more worried about a fungal thing getting in there and starting mm-hmm. to eat that that live tissue. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time those things are active, it will have it will have uh, scarred over, or dried out. So at first it's quite alarming when this tree starts to you see the sap <laughs> running down out of this wound right uh, um I, I think it's okay that evening it will cool right down the mm-hmm. sap will slow and i think it will seal itself or scab over by itself i don't think there's any need if it's really running and you're worried come in we've got some pruning paint put it on there it'll stop that um that's also why we say to to prune in the winter mm-hmm. When it's cold, the sap is less likely to be running at that point. Or if it is during the day, it, it cooled down that evening and then uh, like it slowed it right down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in the summer, definitely you right. want to seal it. Right. Uh, when you're pruning your roses, anything bigger than a pencil, you want to seal that because there's a little beetle that comes in that lays her eggs and it's a cane borer. Mm. There's some things that happened, but but for just 
basic fruit trees, shade trees, eh, you're probably fine. I wouldn't worry about it, Richard. Uh, if you do really want to worry about it, play it safe, come in and get some paint. Yeah, there that's you go. easy. All right. Jennifer in Prescott Valley planted a peony in a pot last spring. Yeah. Uh, she has not trimmed it back yet, but she wants to know, is now the time? And is now the time to fertilize? Jennifer, I'm proud of you. You went and planted a peony in a pot. That is, that's, that's garden-esque. That's like, <laughs> that's out there. Usually everyone puts them in the ground or raised beds, but they're very pretty. Mm-hmm. In a container, they got this ferny foliage. They bloom in the spring. Then they got this, all this foliage is really pretty. I think that's a great way to go. Now, in the winter, they die back to the ground. So you can just whack that thing right off, just right as close to the pot as you can. Mm -hmm. And then probably give it a good watering when you're all done. You might even add a little fertilizer on top but while before you water it. So take some of that all-purpose plant food and sprinkle some of that and water it in. And, and, and you'll probably see the new peony eyes coming up oh, within three, two, three weeks. I mean, yeah, we're, we're almost yeah. there. So go ahead. Don't worry about it. You, it's hard to kill a peony. They've got roots that go down to minus some crazy cold <laughs> that we never see. So it'll be just fine. Yeah. Right. Enjoy. You it. do bring up a good point of, of watering it. So I'm finding people have not watered. Yeah. Um, and, and we really have not had a significant amount of moisture since yeah. Christmas, yeah, before it's been Christmas. A long time. So it, it really would be a good time to get your hoses out or yeah. run your system. Um, those things need some water. Uh, when we had right before we had that crazy cold mm -hmm. like ten days ago, I was out there. I was shivering, had lots of layers <laughs> on. Took the hose. I didn't want to turn the irrigation on. I just right. took the hose and watered all the containers mainly, mm -hmm. or the brand brand new plants. I just put them in. You know, like November. Yeah. I watered those because because a hydrated plant will go through that like it was a, like it was nothing. Right. A dry plant, dry and cold, that's never good for plants. So right. it's kind of an insider tip for you. Okay. Uh, next question is from Sean. He has two acres in Chino Valley. Oh. They're not ready to build yet. Okay. But they want to keep weeds and all that from taking over on the property and they were thinking about putting out wildflower and some oh, of the meadow grasses sure and just curious um, do you need to get rid of all the weeds before you do that and is now a good time to do that now is the ideal time to put wildflowers out i mean by the end of february when I mean, you, your timing's peak window right now so go ahead whether it's wild grasses or wildflowers uh for them a, a meadow mix mm -hmm. actually for them Chino Valley, two acres. Um, we've got a wild, like Western native grass, mm -hmm. like what you see growing on the side of the road. The yeah. good stuff, not the tumbleweeds and the trashy, <laughs> yeah. the mm. good things. Uh, that would be great. It would. It's a taller grass. It's a maybe knee high or so. Mm -hmm. It would for sure shadow or 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 block out all the other weeds. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure about. Some bull thistle, some of these really nasty weeds, whorehound. Right. Maybe that's hard, but even those like to see the sun. So mm -hmm. these are tall enough and they're aggressive enough, they'll mm -hmm. block things out. So I would say absolutely time to do it. Go for it. Um, if you can get the weeds out of there, the, as many as you can, because once you start putting food and water yeah. <laughs> and start nurturing this garden space, you'll be amazed. Wildflowers grow, everything starts growing. So if you can, Richard, kind of take some of that. Or was that John? Chino Valley. I remember Sean. that. Sean. <laughs> you blended yeah. it all together. Yep. There we go. <laughs> Got a lot of things going through my head. So anyway, I would say um, 
get the, get the weeds and go for it. I think you're fine. So you could probably even, if you wanted to mix some wildflowers in with that revegetated mix, oh, yeah. you could, right? I mean, poppies, they get pretty tall. Yeah. Echinaceas, galardias. Mm -hmm. These are tall wildflowers. I mean, some of the smaller ones, like little daisies and stuff, they might get shadowed out, but mm -hmm. they'll see and they'll reach towards the uh, base of those grasses and they'll start sprouting up at the, the at the feet mm -hmm. of those grasses. So often you see in a meadow, you'll see taller grasses, shorter grasses, lots of different kinds of flowers. And uh, I would think it'd be beautiful to take the Arizona mix. We make mm -hmm. a special Arizona wild flower mix and put that in with your grass and just kind of put them in the same baggie, shake and bake them, just kind of shake them <laughs> around, mix them all up and then spread that throughout the yard. Make sure that you're putting some mulch on top of that mm -hmm. seed or, or the birds will find that the seed highly attractive. Right. You don't want to put the world's, especially the grassy kind of seeds or bigger seeds. Mm -hmm. You don't want the birds eating your seeds. So especially anyway. the crows. Yeah. The crows are out in full force right now. They've been harassing our dogs. <laughs> like, come, what are you crows doing? Come see us for more. We are out of time and we'll, uh, we'll help walk you right through there. Sean from Juno Valley. <laughs> Appreciate it. Hey, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Some stores are meant to dash into, hunt down your purchase, and leave promptly. It's part of our 24-7 cyber world where it's difficult to decompress, slow down, and enjoy the environment. We miss the tactile experiences, fragrance, and enjoyment that come from slowing down and admiring the majesty of something as simple as a butterfly. Waters has elevated lingering to an art form with experiential pauses built into the very DNA of the garden center. We're designed purposefully for leisurely strolls through the many greenhouses that beckon guests to enjoy the plants. We work tirelessly to craft an environment that aesthetically reflects the cycle of the seasons. When you finally have a plant question, one of Water's plant ambassadors are here to help you choose plants that will thrive in your landscape. Decompress and learn how to linger in the garden once again here at Water's Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lang. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lang. Now we started the show with not just the four seasons, but the six seasons of the mountains of Arizona. That's early spring, spring, the perennial month of June, summer, fall, and then winter, six seasons. We're going into that early spring season. Those plants that love bright, warm days, but they can take on cool evenings. They can take on a, a light snow. They can, the harshest of winter, it's over. We're not having that anymore. But we can have a light frost. There's not going to be any heavy freezes, but we will have a light frost. Those plants need to be able to take that. And lilac is one of those great plants, a classic for the mountains of Arizona. In fact, we grow lilac better than most parts of the country. And, and yes, that's the same shrub that your grandmother grew in her backyard, and it filled up the entire 
yard with this wonderful lilac fragrance. But there are so many more choices than your grandmother ever dreamed of. There's probably, oh, I six, eight different varieties. I'm just, I have, there's so many, I don't know how many there are varieties of lilac out there. Of course, the common Eastern lilac, common lilacs, those are the ones your grandmother grew. That's that purple or lavender colored flower. But now they're coming out with varieties that have a larger flower that's even more fragrant, like Mr. Lincoln or President Lincoln lilac. It's a common lilac, like your grandmother grew, only it's a real showstopper. Oh my goodness. It's magnificent. Blue sky lilac is more fragrant. It's the same color, same size, but the fragrance is sweeter than your common lilacs. Uh, There's white lilacs, very fragrant. There's yellow. There's reds. I even have one that's purple with a, or it's almost purple bordering on red with a white variegation on each petal. Not the leaves, the flowers. It's called sensation lilac. And you can keep going on and on. They have every size, every shape, every color. Um, Most lilac, most really perennials, most things that bloom for you need to be of certain age before they'll actually show off. So they're kind of like people. You know, you get them from the nursery and they're sort of in that adolescent stage. They, they look like people, but they're not quite full grown up and they need to mature a little bit more before they really are showstoppers, before you want to put them on the cover of People magazine for plants. Uh, they need to be a certain age. Lilacs are typically going to be three to four years old before they're old enough to really show off. So your little one gallon size plants, they may not bloom. You might get a bloom this year, but not a lot of them. You jump up to a two or a five gallon, all of a sudden you go, whoa, that's pretty, I can't believe how many buds are on this thing because it's a couple years older. So, so watch that as you're buying plants. This is especially true for fruit trees. Fruit trees, we, we love to graft a, a, a Let's say a, a harcot or Chinese apricot or Fantasia nap- uh, nectarine or, or a Santa Rosa plum or a Honeycrisp apple. We'll graft a really strong, uh, desirable fruit tree onto a strong, hardy rootstock. It's growing up, and we'll sell it in what's called the, the uh, not we, not, not Waters Garden Center, but the industry will sell it before it's really ready. It's called, it's a whip stage, or there's a stage when it's just actively growing, but not really mature enough to set fruit. It'll set flower, or or, excuse me, leaf buds, but not flower buds. So be careful of that. You want to make sure it's a fruiting age. And and they'll ask, you should be able to ask and go, oh, is this a fruiting age? If they look like, stare at you and going, huh, what? Or they just bluff going, yeah, it is. You want one or two? Kind of have them verify for you. Have them you know, drill them, ask them, really do your homework on it. So a fruit tree typically has to be six to seven years old before it's old enough to start bearing heavy fruit crops. If you get one that's old enough and you put it in the ground now, you can actually have fruit on the tree right this year, right this spring. You'll have cherries, you'll have a pear, you'll have whatever that fruit that you like, you can have it if you get a mature enough fruit tree. A 15-gallon-sized tree typically is old enough. Five gallons are starting to be old enough, maybe or maybe not. 
Anything smaller than a five-gallon, no. It's not going to fruit for several more years from now. So kind of put that on your radar. Also, watch your chilling hours while we're on fruit trees. Okay, this is gardening for newcomers, kind of getting you up to snuff, just so you make less mistakes. I see this often. We have a heavy desert influence up here in the mountains of Arizona. They're selling fruit trees that should fruit down in the deserts, but as soon as you get it up here, it won't fruit. It blooms too early. And you'll look on the tag of fruit trees, and it will say it needs you know 600 chilling hours. That is, it needs so many nights of cold before it will decide to wake up and bloom. If it's real short chilling hours, it will wake up early. It'll wake. It'll be blooming in February and March, and we still have another two months of frost to potentially hit that tree. If it has a lot of chilling hours, let's say five, six, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred. A thousand chilling hours, that means it's going to be well well into spring before it leaves out, blooms, so you're out of that risk of frost damage. You'll have more consistent fruit. Anyway, if you need more on that, come talk to us. We can we can handhold you, walk you right through the whole process. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Waters Garden Companion Plants of February are Peony, Lily of the Valley, Pinion Pines, and Calgary Carpet Juniper. Calgary Carpet Juniper shows rich green mounds of juniper beauty that grows ankle high for the perfect ground cover. An ideal choice for low water, low care erosion control on natural banks or to soften that rock lawn. The perfect green nestled between boulders or to soften the top edge of a retaining wall. Shop for these juniper beauties in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-Home Garden Consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, so back in the studio with Lisa Waters Lane. Welcome back, my lady. Thank you. My fine lady. My, I don't know. <laughs> Never mind. Must be <laughs> at the end of the day, getting tired. Anyway, um, Lisa comes with just this garden segment. It's all about just sharing a different perspective. And I love your perspective. Actually, I love the men you love. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be slapping. I was in a truck unloading hundreds of trees yesterday. Just, I'm just sore. <laughs> I think you went in the hot tub, watched a movie, drank a little wine. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't move the next day. Oh, oh my, my gosh. So I'm still kind of recovering from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, it's, it's it's harder to get creative when you're when you're just tired, I think, that sometimes. Anyway, welcome back to the studio. Whoa, oh, bless God. you. My Excuse goodness. me. So what do you got for us? <laughs> well, after that, 
Uh, so I have a little PSA announcement for those yeah. people who love their pansies and cool season yeah. uh, plants. We got some hanging uh, baskets of pansies. Yeah, in. Those are cool. Yeah. yeah. And I love that idea because there's so many people that want to grow them and have them. But they have uh, javelina or bunny, deer, th things that love to come in and eat them. Yeah. So this way you can hang it up and you can have your pansies and enjoy them and not have to worry about the wildlife. I really like pansies in big baskets like that because they're just full. I mean, That's they're instantaneous. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I like them in my containers uh, because it looks like I cheated. Like I've been growing them all year there. and right. I just popped them out. Sometimes you don't even take them out of the container. Just plop, plop them there. Them <laughs> just looks easy. it's amazing so why we're both having issues aren't we so my parents and last year last spring i gave my parents a hanging pansy basket yeah. that thing was bloomed through all through the summer it's yeah. still going through the winter it does beautiful so they have a, a little nice yard where they get really filtered sun in yeah. the summertime so it's some people think, oh, I can only get it for a month. Why should I have it? No, you can grow these yeah. year round. So it's definitely worth having. They should check them out. We also got some one gallon pansies. I think the frizzle sizzle, yeah. which are some of my favorite ones. We used to call them petticoat, petticoat pansies because they petticoat look like they have a little skirt. Uh, what I used to something skirt, mini skirt, flirty skirt, flirty skirt, flirty that's skirt. It. Yep. <laughs> mini skirt, flirty yeah, skirt. something. It looks like a marimar row or top of a grape. They, they have that kind of yeah. feathery, frilly, okay, pretty, fluttery. Yeah, yeah they're, they're beautiful. Yeah, so definitely time to be putting those in. And we also have some other cool season stuff to go along with them. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. Okay. That's good enough. I mean, we can cut it off right here. And be, that's <laughs> well, golden. Okay. No, we also got all our fruit trees. Oh, in. yeah. Really pretty fruit trees. Uh, and I think we're getting another load next week. Yeah, that's right. Too. No, we so. got them, some braided, some really interesting fruit trees. Some some woven braven, uh, braided, braided varieties, like yeah. two varieties. The trunks are braided. Are braided. We've got so cool. grafted cherries, grafted apples, like five times of apples mm -hmm. on one tree. Right. Uh, apricots. Uh, there's all kinds. It was fun to unload that truck. It was fun. So the ones that really caught my eye were, of course, the fruit salad ones. And I like those because it's not just apples or just peaches. It's, it's I think it's a cherry, an apricot, uh nectarine and peach or something it's like four different fruits on the, on same, the tree. same tree that's wild i've yeah. never seen that before I know. doing this for 40 years 30 years whatever i've never seen that that's so <laughs> neat so that's really cool of course we have the foreign ones specifically apple uh pear and cherry then we also some some three in ones as well but those are terrific for those smaller yards when yeah. you can't put three or four fruit trees in. Yeah. You can put one in and still get all different kinds of uh, fruit or peaches or I'm not. On peaches, a back patio? Sure. I just pick, reach out and pick a peach and then some cherries and then a nectarine. <laughs> I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than that. That's no, kind of neat. Really, it's artistry of, of gardening, yeah, really. And it's fun. Yeah. It's just fun. We also got some uh, uh, dwarf peaches in, which are also really popular for those backyard gardener people yeah. trying to grow their little gardens uh we got the pixie and uh bon bonfire bonfire thank you i wanted to call you're it bonanza welcome. but i wasn't sure. yeah you're welcome <laughs> i'm here for you yeah so great little fridge and they grow wonderful in containers oh yeah so raised beds mm -hmm. 
in the ground next to, to a patio or or just where you want something shorter in a in a garden bed as the yeah. accent piece because yeah. fruit trees are beautiful it's still they're miniature they only get up about hip high chest mm -hmm. high but the fruit is not miniature no. the fruit is actually a peach size right. and 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 they taste good they're not just mm -hmm. ornamental oh no they're actually fruiting peaches on this pint size scale right right so definitely check those out especially if you've got a bitty, pretty container you want to put one in. Oh, yeah. I find I'm talking backwards today. So <laughs> we also got a bunch of regular peaches in, mm -hmm. Red Havens, Albertas. Uh, oh, probably, I think four different varieties. Oh, a white Reliance, peach. Reliance, Ranger. Yeah, we got the Snow yeah. White, Snow, yep. Snow Queen. Yeah. Snow Queen. Uh, so it's a white peach. I think we got a white nectarine in as Ooh, well. I missed that. Yeah. I, that's unusual. I know. You don't see white nectarines very Not often. Not very often. Yeah. White peach, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we got our nectarines in. Of course, we got our apples, apricots. Am I missing? Cherries. Cherries. Stella, Bings. Montmorency. Montmorency, which is a tart. That's a pie right. cherry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think we got those three in. But yeah. we're also going to, like I said, next couple of weeks, a bunch more in in different sizes. We also have, we got in a bunch of red buds. Oh, yeah. Which are, are fun trees, beautiful spring blooming trees. And I think we have four different varieties in. Uh, we got our ornamental plums, which is you got to grow that tree here. <laughs> purple leaf plum. Right. So it's got purple foliage, pink flowers in the spring. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's such a nice standard tree here that it grows so easy. Yeah. It's so resistant to disease and bugs. And it you just can't always kill looks it. Deer good. don't eat it. I mean, just, right. they're great. I like that it's a different color leaf because it contrasts so nicely with just green. Yeah. 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 Which green is pretty. But it really shows up better when you have a contrasting color with it. When I'm designing, I'll, I'll take a purple leaf or or let's say it's a forest pansy, these these darker leafed mm -hmm. colors, like purpley tinged, uh, Merlot, red bud. Yeah. I'll put those in front of that blue like oaks or mm -hmm. the blue color of Arizona cypress, junipers. Uh, the, Arizona has a lot of natural blues and that purple just contrasts yeah, so well, striking, mm -hmm. yet they're not so big that they overpower everything in front of them. They're not going to like block everything. So you can still see the, the native landscape behind it, but it has this contrasting color. Mm -hmm. They're just so pretty when they bloom in the spring. I agree. Uh, we got some twisty baby locust in. So those are really cool because they have very contorted branches, almost curly. Now that does not sound Pretty. <laughs> it sounds like I don't Unusual, know hunchback to Notre Dame stuff. I don't know, but they are. It is a character tree, mm -hmm. and they are funky. And locusts, yeah. you can't kill a locust. Oh, they're they're they're, they're native. They're just so tough. Mm -hmm. We did get some purple robe locust oh. in as well, which has a beautiful pink blossom in May, usually about Mother's Day. It blooms yeah. and gorgeous when it blooms. Yeah. So a lot of different those trees. You know, one of the fruit tree that I forgot is the Fuyu. The Fuyu? The Fuyu? <laughs> really? No, no okay. we've had this discussion <laughs> okay. before, kid. She won't let me go into... No, and, uh, my no. accents because she's afraid I'll because offend well, my Irish friends or my Asian friends or my. It's not such. that. It's just you're horrible at accents. Oh, Is that the best? I have the best Indian. No, you don't. Like, Middle East. No. Okay. No. In just, my head, it plays out really well. Okay, I won't do that except no. at, at family parties. No, not even. <laughs> <laughs> so we also have all our, uh, not all of our, but a lot of blueberries in. 
We have a lot of raspberries, yeah. grapes, yeah. Uh, blackberries, marionberries. Yeah, I said blueberries. Oh, I missed it. It doesn't I'm listen such a man. to me, folks. It just doesn't listen. So if you're considering those edible gardens, uh, now is the time to come in and check it all out. Lots to choose from. They're so dormant, and, and it's a good time mm -hmm. to plant them. Another one is we've got some really big, like aspens, big red buds, big, oh, yeah. big things. Yeah. And those will go quick. We've already sold quite a number of them. So grab them because you can't go back and get more. They're right. just your They're gone. They're gone. Ken Elisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. Thank you, Lisa. Mm -hmm. Be back after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters Garden Companion Plants of February are Calgary Carpet Juniper, Lily of the Valley, Pinion Pines, and Peony. Your grandmother would fall in love with these larger peony with so many colors to choose from. There's nothing like the enormous flowers to add stunning pops of color. Endearing springtime blooms are more than fragrant with luscious double flowers. Shop the most perennial peonies in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Once upon a time, Fred the Sage and Bob the Yucca watched a herd of deer eat their neighbor's garden. Hey, Bob, said Fred. It's a good thing we're native Arizona plants from Waters Garden Center. Right, Fred, said Bob. We can handle tough Prescott dirt, hot sun, low water, and we look great in the garden. You betcha, Bob, said Fred. Hummingbirds and bees love us, but that deer sure doesn't. Be like Fred and Bob. Go native at Waters Garden Center. Safe, natural, and organic. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. And we are back with uh, the Mountain Gardener, Ken Lane. We're just here talking friends over the fence, backyards. Here's what's worked in my yard, I think it'll work in your yard too. And the mountains of Arizona are a little challenging sometimes, but not when you get the right information. Part of getting the right information is hanging out with smart people. And so I have in the studio with me, Jim Roop. He is a really good gardener. Plus, he's a good grower. Plus, he worked for the Cadillac grower of the country. He represents Monrovia Nurseries for all of Arizona. Is that right? Or do you got other territories too, Jim? All of Arizona. All Arizona. Yeah. So you're going from Yuma to everywhere. Everywhere <laughs> in between. So you log a lot of miles, but you live in the mountains of Arizona. You're, you're right here right, in Prescott. Right here in Prescott. Your neighbor almost. Yes, but you travel. You could live anywhere. Why do you live here? It's the perfect weather. It's okay. not too hot, not too cold. Yeah, that, you're and, right. And you can grow a lot of different plants here. Yeah, you, know? you can. Yeah. So so you've grown a lot of different yards. Can share with us, from a gardener's perspective, just that insights. What's your favorite plant? Do you have one? Can, can you have one? I, it's like when somebody asks you, what's your favorite song, your favorite music group? Yeah. It, it, you know, it's the mood you're in, et cetera. So, you know, there's a lot of different plants for different seasons. You know, like right now, the peonies are going to be blooming in a few yeah. more weeks. And yeah. you got a really good selection of them right now. Um, so that's like one of my favorite perennial, early perennials is peonies. Um, 
then coming up is the uh, you know you got Daphne's blooming right now. Oh, good choice. Yeah, you that's know, true. Fragrance. The oh my fragrance. gosh. And uh, you know, every time I smell something really in your garden center, you know, today it's like something sweet waffling through the air, and it's like it reminds me of the spice drop candies when I was a kid that I used to eat. That's that, a good way to it, describe it. Yeah, so I love that spicy scent. Huh. You know, great shade plant. You know, uh, in a container, they're excellent container plant, and for that little shady spot in your entryway or patio that's got shade. So it's, you know, right now that's one of my favorites. So right now. next week I'll have another favorite. <laughs> so now, how many acres does Monrovia grow on in the country or in the West? Or how what, can you give us a feel of scale? Well, let's see. On the West Coast, which is our Oregon, California locations, we're Growing on about fourteen hundred acres. Okay, gotcha. Then, That's respectable. Yeah, there's yeah, pot yeah. and pot. No, can and can can it's growing all, all containers. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. And then on the east coast, probably about I think we have three four hundred in Georgia and a hundred or so in uh, Connecticut. So. so you ship all, all over. You grow all over the country, and then do you ship from the Oregon farm? Do you go to Connecticut or to Georgia? And does the Georgia come to Oregon and vice versa, or do you generally try to keep regionally? Uh, well, that's what we do have four locations is for regional, but uh, Oregon and California, we definitely ship all the way across the country and up into Canada. Um, not so much from east to west, um, but yeah, it's it, we're, why, we're national. Why is that? Because I really, really, really want some of the hydrangeas that grow in the Georgia farm. How do I get those to Arizona? Is that is that agriculture laws or shipping well, costs? Well, it, it's ironic you ask that because okay. we, we're might be a light at the end of the tunnel oh, for us. Ooh, this is this is exciting <laughs> news, folks! Finally, we can get to some of those southern. So we uh, got. Uh, I, I looks like we're going to be able to comply with the Arizona Ag Department's okay. regulations on the Georgia end and be able to ship here. I just need to check with Arizona on their end if there's any lengthy quarantines or something like that, yeah. which sometimes there are. Um, and if it's really nothing that's it's easy, you know, just to maybe a two-day quarantine or something just to make sure there's no fire ants or something like that, which there's not. But, you know, we, things like that have to be checked. So I would say it's looking very, very likely. Okay, so uh, just putting it on air. I want to be your first customer when that happens. I've got a quarantine area I could I could do because Oklahoma, Texas, some of those farms require that. I want to be the first guy to place the order because those plants, when they come in, are beyond anything we can grow in this in in out here. I just haven't seen that. They're so exotic and beautiful. Yeah, and they just yeah, some of those things just grow so much better there. And yeah, you know, crepe myrtles are just outstanding. Oh, out of unbelievable, there. unbelievable. Yeah, and like you say, some of the hydrangeas and different hollies, and yeah, you get some of the you know the Burford holly, which is hard to find on the West Coast growing locations. That's right. But, you know, yeah. but it, it does well here. And yeah. so now and magnolias, just, beautiful magnolias there. Too. Oh, Big, you're teasing magnolias. me. You better come through on this. <laughs> so, so tell us. What's the time frame? Do you got you got a feel for it? Can I hold you accountable? Uh, hopefully within the next month or two. Ah, that's a big back door. Okay, before Mother's Day or not? Yes. Yeah. So let's see. Let's yeah. shoot for that. Okay, good. I'm not to put any pressure on. I just I'm no, so excited though. This is this is <laughs> this is good news. So okay, uh, now tell us what else? Where'd we go? I got so giddy that I forgot our outline. <laughs> where we're talking about. Uh, yo, you were talking perennials, some of your favorite flowers that, yeah. that you're growing, and you're you're a mountain gardener. 
you you can live in Flagstaff or White Mountains or Prescott or wherever you want. Phoenix, you chose here because it's nice climate. Great climate. And you can grow a lot of things, which is true. We can grow the desert stuff and all of the mountain stuff. All right. the Flagstaff yeah. we can grow, yeah. plus so much more. Well, and you've carried this plant for a while, but the number one question you probably get is what will Havelina not bother and what well, will yeah. deer not bother? That's true. And, <laughs> you know, this question came up to me this morning when I was here at your garden center from a, one of your customers. And, you know, the Lantana Miss Huff. Okay. I've grown that for several years. Uh, Lantana typically is not hardy for us. You know, it's a desert plant. Right. But the Miss Huff is the only one that's, you know, suitable for our climate. It's a perennial, dies down, comes back in the spring, and flowers all summer long, attracting hordes of butterflies. Beautiful flowering summer shrub. But best of all, the javelina and the deer do not bother it. And you've got personal experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, Yeah, I know you're out in the... As I watch the deer walk through my front yard and (laughs) nibble on this, nibble on that, they walk right past the lantana and move on to something else to nibble on. So... um, you know, Why is before that? I've kind of we've pushed it as it's a hardy lantana. Yeah. But you know, today it really dawned on me. Well, this is a great plant that's going to be, resi- you know, the javelina and deer don't bother, which is a big problem here. For- Why? Why is that? Is that is it the sap? Is the texture of the foliage? Or it, what do you it, think? Is it the scent? That it's they the scent. It's scent? very. It's not a pleasant. Yeah. You know, if you rub up against it or gotcha. crush the leaves, you know, so. Sure, they so, know. They just seem to know. And hmm. uh, like I said, the added benefit is mine has butterflies on it. When it starts blooming in the summer till, it, till the fall, there's always a butterfly on there. Yeah, I've never, if, I, if you don't mind, I'm going to steal that. Hordes of butterflies. <laughs> hordes. I've never heard of hordes of butterflies, <laughs> but that's good. I, I, I might even use that to write in. That, that's super. They, butterflies do love it. It's a yellow flower. Yeah, yellow yeah, with kind of gold. shades of dark and orange. Yeah. And so it, it's not just a straight color. It's got a little multicolor facet to it. Yeah. If you're from Phoenix or some of those other desert areas where you're used to lantanas, those varieties will also grow up here, but they're annuals. That is, they won't go through the winter, but the Miss Huff will. Right. Dies back to the ground like like your peonies or any other, and then comes back with a flush of new growth, especially if you fertilize it in the next month or so. It will flush out with new growth. And then flowers hover above that new growth that attracts the butterflies. It just blooms all winter, all summer long. Yeah, yeah good choice. So. And then I no, do notice, too, don't overwater it. It doesn't like gooey, wet, clay yeah. soil. It likes to, be, likes to dry out in between uh, irrigation cycles. Yeah. No, it can, uh, it can do that, yeah. So. Thrill us with some other garden tip. we got room for maybe one more because this is good stuff. Um, another vine I noticed it's starting to bloom. It's one of your kind of earlier spring spring blooming vines is the gold flame honeysuckle. Okay, yeah. And uh, you, they're blooming right now, starting to. Yeah. Yep. And they can have a little spicy fragrance to them also. Um, reminiscent to me, once again, a spicy candy drop. But um, but they're blooming now. It's a beautiful kind of an orangish with a shade of red flower to it. Um, so different color than the regular Japanese uh, Hall's honeysuckle. Um, so that's something different. And I think honeysuckle is, is underplanted sometimes. The, it's so drought hardy. Uh, yeah, and it's a red flower, so the hummingbirds really all, all love over it. that. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> honeysuckle, you can grow that not just on a fence. 
not just on an arbor or a pergola, but that actually makes a good ground, ground cover, cover up, yeah. up up a hillside. Erosion control takes that full blistering hot sun, and again, the javelina and the deer don't bother honeysuckle. Right. Yeah, so it's true. another great choice for here if you need something spreading out on the ground or crawling up to hide that chain link or soften up a corner of a fence. Honeysuckle is the way to go. Thanks, yeah. Jim, for being here. This is great. Jim Roop with Monrovia Nurseries uh, here sharing his garden tips uh, for the mountains of Arizona. Be right back. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. It's almost spring. Time to grow a pear. A pear tree, that is. Late winter is ideal for planting fruit trees. At Waters Garden Center has cherry-picked the hardiest, heaviest producing trees from our most trusted growers. From apples to apricots and persimmons to pears, the garden center is plumb full of varieties that thrive in our mountain soil. And we'll even plant them for you. We believe life is a bowl of cherries, so grow the best ones ever. From Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Safe, natural, organic fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So I was stunned last week. Remember last week, it was down to 12 degrees or something. Was it 10 days ago, something like that? It was really, really cold. I thought, oh, this is the perfect time to prune some of those things that seem to leak a lot. So maples tend to make a cut and they start to weep. Uh, box elders, grapes. When well, I'm going to go out and prune, right after that cold, if it's actually still, I was bundled up, took my pruners out, started pruning, and nope, that cold did not slow down the sap at all. They, the trees are actively moving moisture from the root system up into the buds throughout the structure of those fruit trees. Anyway, apples will do that. I think, I think you should feel pressure right now to really get done with your pruning, especially fruit trees, not so much roses, but fruit trees and berries and uh, your, your shade trees. These are things you really want to get done. And, and I thought the cold would slow them down, but no, they're full on. And I would fertilize. Two things, get done pruning. You should, you should feel that urgency. When you get done pruning, clean up and then spray the entire yard with a horticultural oil. There's a heavy-gauged oil that kills off. Aphids are thick right now in the gardens. It'll just obliterate all of them and their eggs. It'll get rid of thrip eggs. Uh, all, it'll just start you out clean and then fertilize with all-purpose plant food. That 744 organic food. Do all of that, and I would feel the pressure by the end of this month, February, if not sooner. So so really, you should be out there engaged with your gardens. They are, I know that uh, 
The Pennsylvania vermin from Pixitani Phil predicts six more weeks of winter. I don't think he knows Arizona, though. It feels like it's going to be early. So already the ground is thawed. There's no more ice, at least below the 6,000-foot level or so. Things are going to start blooming pretty quick. And so kind of feel that urgency. Get those soils prepared, fertilize, get done with pruning, spray so that you don't have... Put down the weed preventers. My goodness. The California poppies are already actively, actively growing. Mums are up. Uh, the the uh, dandelions are, are already huge. So things are the early, late winter, early spring things. They're actively growing. You need to put those weed preventers down before they get established to, to save yourself from work out there. I, and I think trees have just arrived this week. If you were going to put a new tree, a shade tree, we've got some beautiful, just beautiful blooming uh, red buds, flowering cherries, spectacular maples. Oh my gosh, they're huge. Get them in before they leaf out. So the spring is the planting season. It is here. We're going to go over a lot of this with our next week's garden class. So, so this week it's on mountain fruit trees. So which fruit trees do best? Not all of them grow here. But there's some that are spectacular. We're covering those. I'm sure we'll cover grapes and berries and some of that stuff. And then next week, it's gardening for newcomers. We're going to go over a lot of this fertilization, how to water, water guides, how to plant. Something as simple as that. You cannot just throw things in the ground and expect them to grow. You need to do a few extra steps to really prepare them so that they take off and grow for you. We're going over all that. But take a look at that, watersgardencenter.com. There's a classes button right there on the front page. You can't miss it. And of course, throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We love talking to fans of the show. Some things are just better together. March is the best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from Waters Garden Center. But pair the all-purpose with humic acid, and it's a one-two punch of garden power. Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients. So it makes fertilizer work even better. Like salt and pepper. Coffee and donuts. And hey, you and me. Ah. Thanks, Ken. All-purpose plant food and humic acid, better together, and only at Waters Garden Center. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.